to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com thanks for tuning in sluts and scholars is a sex positive shame-free educational podcast where we try to help you talk smart and fuck smarter while we love to give advice and resources please note that this podcast or any emails from us are not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And this week, I am very excited to welcome Javay DeBay. Um, <laughs> hi. Uh, she is a sex educator, sexologist, and all-around slut, and is currently working on her master's in sex education at Widener University, where I also attend. She focuses on free, comprehensive, inclusive sex education for everyone. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. I'm sad that we can't be doing this over drinks like the last time we saw each other, but such is the world. Yeah, I wish we were doing this over drinks too. <laughs> so I know you and I have already talked about it a little bit, but what topics are you currently stoked about in, in school or what you're hoping to learn more of? Um, the crossover or intersection of sex work and academia, because honestly, it's not there, but it makes no sense that it's not, um, just all things sex work in regards to like learning more. I just love talking about it, learning about it, telling others about it. I believe that sex work is just like the like greatest thing that people don't want to talk about. And it makes me mad. <laughs> and with the crossover, do you mean focusing on what people are teaching in academia or people who are sex workers who also work in academia? A mix of both. So talking about people who are actually sex workers that are in academia, um, but also people that do sex work to fund themselves through academia, um, but also like the lack of education around sex work, especially in regards to the human sexuality field where sex work is like literally, it's where it all begins. Like it's different forms of it are how people get their sex education. It's how people actually explore their sexual identity and like their relationships, but it's not discussed. Like there's no educational setting where you're like, Hey, let's talk about this. So you can explain this information to others or in the regards to like therapy, like there's no explanation of like, here's how you can work with sex workers as a therapist. Like there's none of that. It's just like sex work. It's a thing. Cool. We're not going to talk about it. It exists, but we don't talk about it. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> and it's so interesting because, like you said, a lot of people maybe come from a sex work background and then end up doing this, or there, there's so much crossover. So much. So what have, you, what have you learned so far? I'm learning just, like, how many people that are sex workers are in academia, um, especially because, like, before, like, the pandemic hit and, like, social media really became like the thing that it is today. Like it was very much like a hush hush type thing. Like you didn't publicize it, but now with social media and a pandemic happening, like a lot of sex workers had to pivot and be like, how am I still going to get my cat, my coin, but like in a virtual setting. And so like, it became more of a big boom. Hence why OnlyFans became as big as it did. Um, and so you're seeing like, Hey, yo, no, actually I know that person. Like I've like seen them at conferences. Like I'm in a class with them. Like you see more and more individuals and you're like, Oh wait, you do this too. Oh, I'm glad it's not just me. I was over here thinking I was alone. Um, it's like, no, so many people do this. 
Um, and for a variety of different reasons, but it's like this like taboo thing. That's like, we can't talk about this. And for me, it's like, how, why is that a thing in a human sexuality program? Like, why can't we talk about sex work when it is so prevalent, but also so many of us have toes, hands, elbows, booty holes involved in it. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know what that is. What are you talking about? What's sex work? Sell panties? I've never. What? <laughs> yeah, my butthole is certainly involved in all, in all things <laughs> sex related. On the podcast, we have talked so much about like different kinds of sex work, but definitely have just used the like broad term sex work. So like, what do you consider sex work? Like what can fit under that that lens. Okay. So and for the way I identify it is underneath the umbrella of sex work, you have full service sex work, which is when you like truly do like in calls or out calls, fly, fly me to use. Like that's where someone is literally like, Hey, come and like either just give me companionship or like lay it on me real good because I want it. I need it. And I'm going to pay you. You also have, um, like online sex work for me includes camming, um, only fans, Patreons, things of that nature. Um, people that read erotica, people that do sex phone lines, um, strippers, uh, actual porn stars and actors and things of that nature. All of that is sex work. Um, selling your panties, being a sugar baby, like professional doming. Um, all of it is sex work. If if there is a, any type of sexual like oof to it and you get money, I'm, I don't want to burst your bubble, but like it's sex work, baby boo. And like, that's okay. That's a cool thing. Like, don't be ashamed about it. It's sex work though. It's real work. So like be proud because you're doing stuff that other people can't. Like there are so many people that are like, I don't have the emotional capability to do any of that. That's also why like full service sex work is that's a mammoth of a thing. And people are like, that's not real work. What you mean? I'm emotionally dealing with all your drama, everything you're bringing to this table and physically satisfying you in some way, shape or form. That's work. Like that is work. And people are like, no, it's not. Like, yeah, I, get, oh, it is. I don't get paid to do that every day <laughs> like, with my partner. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I do it for free, but no, trust me. It is work. Like, it's a lot of fucking work. Like I'm exhausted. <laughs> Yes, totally. Something that I've said on the podcast before is that, like, even sex therapy and sex education, obviously it's not quite the same in terms of, like, the stigma, but I consider it, like, sex work adjacent, um, both because I'm personally working with sex workers, but also because the shame and stigma around our field and how, like, general therapists or educators receive it um, is real, too. And so, like, we, you know, get in trouble, we get kicked off of Instagram, we get kicked off of social media, we get our stuff banned. Um, I had a hard time making an LLC for Sluts and Scholars because of the name. I had to go through, like, all these avenues. Like, it's, you know, there's some similarities. It's a lot of similarities. Like, it's, it's a continual, like, hoops to jump through all just because of a mention of sex. And it's just like, why are y'all so adverse to sex? Like, I don't understand this, like, what, sex? Who would ever? No, not me. No, ma'am. Like, ma'am, sex, you, yes. It's a thing. You do it. You, like, interact with it in some way, shape, or form. Like, just accept that and stop acting like it's, like, the devil's lettuce because it ain't. (laughs) So maybe you don't have all the answers to this yet because it's, like, what you're looking at studying, but what role would you like to see it play in, in academia? I, oh my, if I, it sounds like just being talked about (laughs) that is the start. Um, for me, I would love to see it like built out as like its own, like specialization. So whether that's like, you are like, I'm focusing on sex work. I want to understand like 
what it is that I can do in regards to research to help decriminalize it, how I can work with actual sex workers, whether that's on the positives of it or the negatives, like how I can understand how it can be used for my clients if I'm a therapist to be like, hey, but if you want to actually explore this in a like more socially acceptable way and you're not like risking someone else's emotional well-being or their physical well-being, try sex work. Like actually like showing that it has all these avenues and it's not just this like, oh, someone pulled up in a car and they were like, hey, get in type situation, but like showing like all the complexities of sex work because it is not just this like catch all that people think it is under the like framing of prostitution. Because I feel like when people hear it, they're like sex work. Oh, that's prostitution. You're like, that's a form, but that's also like not all of it. And also the way you're using it is like, you're just trying to make it sound like it's this bad thing. And that's not the case. Um, But also I want it to be like this, I wanted to have an aspect of it that also shows how sex work is a form of education. Because let's be real, all of us at some point in our lives, we went, we saw porn and we were like, oh, I'm learning something. Um, And it's not credited as like, porn is a form of sex work that is educational, like not always viewed in an educational manner by some people, but it does have educational props properties to it. And the dismissal of that is just like, no, whatever. But I'm like, it's the weight that it holds, the impact that it carries for people is monumental. And the disregard of it is honestly hurting people more than it's helping because I'm like you being like, no, leave porn alone, ignore it. It's bad. Yada, yada, yada. is like really being like, cool, I'm going to watch it more. And I'm not going to know that this could actually be teaching me things that I could use. But I'm like, this is exactly how you do sex. Like you're obviously ramming your penis into a vagina to freaking break a cervix. Like that's obviously what it's for. Seriously. Like if you, if we actually like use these tools and sex work as an educational tool, I personally believe that the way we talk about sex, the way we engage in sex, the way we think about sex would be so different um, for everyone, especially in the regards to like, just like your personal self, like how you view yourself as a sexual being can completely be changed, transformed in the way that you view sex work, especially porn. Um, And I think that we need to actually bring that into academia to talk about the positives of it so that people are not like, oh, I'm just going to look at this porn and expect everything to go exactly like this. But to be like, oh, I'm going to look at this porn and know the pieces of this that I can pull out and be like, this will work with my partner. Um, but yeah, I have such and not just opinion. not just higher education academia, but for like younger sex education, because a question I always get is well, don't you think porn is bad for our youth because this is how they're learning to have sex? And My response to that is don't blame the porn. Like it's only a problem because it exists in a vacuum and this is the only way that young people are maybe learning how to do it. Mm -hmm. But if, if sex education, if sex work, if the adult industry worked together with policy makers around sex education in schools, we could fill in those gaps to actually have dialogues about like, okay, yes, this is entertainment. It's not education per se about what it actually looks like. um, But here's how we fill in the gaps. Yes, truly. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, how do we get to the point where it's like, hey, okay, so you want to learn about porn. You want to learn about how to have sex. You want to see how to do these things. Cool. Porn can answer some of those questions that I can't show you in a classroom. Um, but it's like you're not supposed to be like, here's this resource because people are like, this is a bad thing. But it's like, no, it's a resource because there are some areas where we just can't fill all the holes. But if we use porn and then explain <laughs> those pieces, those all it's like it's Swiss cheese with the little holes being plugged in. 
Sorry, I was just laughing at fill all the holes, but I'm like <laughs> a child. <laughs> it's so funny because this is my field and I like still laugh at that stuff, but not in a shame way and just like everything I hear is sexual. Yes. So I like can't, I, I can't move away from it. <laughs> it. But no, it's truly always funny. Like I go to myself all the time, especially because I like to add in bed to things like that whole fortune cookie thing. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm always cracking up. I'm like, <laughs> and people are like, don't you do this for a living? Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, it was funny. Just let me be. <laughs> My favorite is, is the acronym CBT, which is like in therapy, it's cognitive behavioral therapy. So I hear a lot of people use that because they're like, oh, I'm looking for CBT. Do you do CBT? And I'm like, cock and ball torture. <laughs> right. Like, yes, I do. Cognitive <laughs> behavioral therapy, not as much. <laughs> So what are some things that you have learned from sex work? I have learned a lot about boundaries for myself, um, but also like sensing red flags in situations because I originally started out doing full service sex work um, and I very quickly learned that it wasn't for me um, because I am a little bit on the naive side, but I learned my boundaries very quickly on because I was like, nope, this is a line that I'm not crossing. Nope, this isn't something I'm not this isn't something I'm doing or I'm comfortable with. And so for me, like that was the biggest learning curve that I experienced doing sex work. Like boundaries and how to actually express them. Yes, because they were, when I started, they were very much like, <laughs> no, we're not like your boundaries literally don't matter. What are you talking about? I'm paying you. I can do whatever I want. I'm like, that's not the way that goes. Um, and I've also like, in continuing to like learn more about sex work and sex workers and like the dynamics of it. I'm also just like really seeing like how deep the racism and fetishization is within sex work, which like granted that is a whole bigger, like we all know that racism and fetishization are very deep within the world at large, but like within sex work, it's wild. I would like to say we all know, and I'm guessing my listeners um, all know, but sadly we don't all know. <laughs> that is a true point. Um, but like sex, like racism is so deeply ingrained into everything. And it's so deeply ingrained into sex work, which is astonishing that people like are like, I don't see that because I'm like, do you not understand like how black bodies and other bodies of color were like not seen as equal and used for this whole like sexual satisfaction of like one, like of white people beforehand and how that just like continue to roll in. And you just think that you're entitled to black femmes and black women when it comes to sex work. And you're like, I don't need to pay for your porn. Like this, like it just like cascades into so much and people are like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah. Um, that's probably been one of the biggest things, especially like in me when um doing sex work, like seeing like how it impacted me so internally and I wasn't even aware. Like I was so very much like, I can't do this. Like I don't look like these types of bodies and like all these things because of like the racism that's like just so ingrained and just like makes you feel worthless or like makes you feel like I have to take this bare minimum because that's what's being offered to me and that's all I get. And so the racism is very much something that I am wowed by. So you saw it by way of maybe people not respecting boundaries, not being willing to pay as much. Um, and then also I'm hearing in the component of like people who are choosing to use people of color services in sex work and seeing them as more like um, a checklist off in the box basically or off their like to-do list. Yeah, truly like, oh, I experienced it. Great. Awesome. Look at me. I'm so cool. Rather than like, 
this is someone that I wanted to actively seek companionship or pleasure from on like a respectable basis. Like, no, it's like, mm, if I say I did it, I did it. Cool. That's all that matters. Um, and then the re- the reverse, I, I interviewed um, a person named Andre Shakti recently, and she was talking about how she gets a lot of um, men of color reaching out to her. And the first question they ask is, do you work with black men? Mm-hmm. So the reverse of like a lot of sex workers will say, oh, well, I don't work with like non-white people. Yep. Which in the adult industry, it's like the more I'm like learning, I'm like, this is wild that that's like just like a thing that people are like, yeah, no, I don't do that. And I, I can't remember where I read this article, but it was an article talking about the ways in which dynamics play out within the adult industry and how if you have done, if you were a white uh, adult actress and you had done porns with black men you could be offered a lower rate because you were like tainted goods or whatever and i'm just like yeah or you have to pay more to get folks to do those scenes yeah and i'm just like this is wild to me like what like yeah and so in, in the academia standpoint if we're if people are studying like sociology and systemic racism and psychology how could you not include this huge component of examples of that right it's just like how like why do you think that this doesn't need to be a part of this it like directly intertwines with it but you're kind of just like this is not this doesn't matter this isn't important i'm like this is literally the root of it what are you talking about it's just mind-boggling to me well, I know we got off track for something obviously very important, but um, <laughs> systemic racism in sex work and everywhere. Anything else that you learned from por- uh, from sex work aside from that it's also racist? <laughs> I think also, honestly, sex work is like a great like way to learn how to be a business person. Like you, you learn your own so boss. many life skills in sex work that you don't learn a lot of places because you're like, I got to figure all this out on my own. Because also with it being a booming, like growing industry, so many people are like, yeah, no, I'm not about to just give you this free knowledge that I had to figure out on my own. So it's very much like this, like life lesson experience where you're just like, I'm going to learn how to do X, Y, and Z for myself. Cause I have to, cause I don't know what to do. Also common sense. It definitely ups your common sense. Like I would not say I had the best common sense before I did sex work. And then I did sex work and I was like, Oh wait, girl, what are you doing? That was a terrible decision. Yeah. You said you were quote unquote naive. Like, what do you think that means in, in that industry? So for me, it was very much like I, I naturally had this aversion to like not wanting to talk about money. Like I would wait till the last possible second and like hoped and pray that they would be like, nah. And then like after a few times I was like, okay, if you don't actually do this, people will literally take advantage of you. So you gotta, you gotta buck up and do this. So I was like, you know what? Yeah. The way this goes, you, we do this now, right now. You're going to give me that money right now. Cause I'm not about to let you slide out of here. Also the naivety of just like, expecting people to just know because like I knew that I didn't get great sex education so why would I expect that these people that I was working with would also have great sex education and the reason I ended up stopped doing um full service was because someone did not know what they were doing I ended up actually hurt and I was like yeah I think I'm good um because I ain't got time to teach everybody that I'm interacting with how to actually do things safely so I'm gonna skedaddle (laughs) and get out of here and then I switch go into the education field (laughs) 
education, but also online. I was like, we're going to go somewhere where I don't have to worry about risking um, the safety of my vulva and the rest of my being because people don't know what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah. So that boundary for you of being unwilling to like use your body as the platform on which someone can. Yeah. Very big learning moment that I am so happy I took, though. I don't think that I would be um, alive, (laughs) sadly, if that were the case. I just feel like it was a lot of reckless people that didn't know what they were doing, and it caused way too much harm um, that no one needs to be subjected to. And, you know, maybe something to at least that I've learned um, or talked about, you know, with other sex workers is how to assess for, for safety, Mm -hmm. you know, so whether that be emotional or physical safety. So like, it's definitely, I think declined a bit since like FOSTA SESTA life. And if you don't know what that is, go back to all of my episodes (laughs) talking about it. Um, but you know, because if you kind of own your own business, you can decide what kinds of clients you see, um, and maybe have access to more clients as opposed to feeling like, okay, well, I can't promote my services in any sort of legal safe way because it's not decriminalized so i just have to take what i can Mm -hmm. um and that can feel you know much more dangerous and like you can't be choosy about the situations that you're going into yep (laughs) (laughs) so much to learn i feel like you should lead a seminar of like um you know like business development from a sex work perspective right (laughs) maybe i should (laughs) Next in this episode, we talk about changing up routines in long-term relationships to stay sexually and erotically connected. Literally all three of our sponsors can be great for that. One way to do that is through Dipsy. And for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash S&S. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions that are designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. The stories are so well done and immersive, they're a perfect listen for solo or partnered play. They add new stories every week, and there's usually something for everyone, no matter your interest. They also have wellness sessions, so even if you're not feeling super sexual, you can get in tune with yourself and build intimacy with a partner. And again, for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash S&S. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash S-A-N-D-S. Dipsystories.com slash S&S. And while you're at it, use the intensity by Pour Moi. Pour Moi is offering our listeners an additional $25 off of intensity when you go to pourmoi.com and enter our code S&S at checkout. Intensity by Pour Moi is an intimate health and stimulation device. A lot of people might be tempted to call it a vibrator, but it's actually a lot more than that. Everyone loves to talk about the effects of vibration, but what makes intensity special is how it can tighten and tone your pelvic floor muscles. Intensity automatically exercises the muscles of your pelvic floor for you. So muscle stimulation, along with the resistance of the inflatable probe that it has, offers more than just a squeeze. It's essentially an exercise program while you get off. And studies have demonstrated that tightened and toned pelvic floor muscles can increase the power and intensity of orgasms. Pormois is now offering our listeners an additional $25 off of intensity when you go to pormois.com and enter code S&S at checkout. You can use this code along with any other code on their website. That's $25 off on top of any ongoing promotions when you go to P-O-U-R-M-O-I.com and use promo code S&S. 
Okay, and after you finish with these sexy exercise pleasure sessions, you will probably be hungry. I am, and I've just been talking about them. Introducing Saqqara. Saqqara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Their organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful, plant-based ingredients, and they're designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. Along with delicious, plant-rich meals, Saqqara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. Experience the power of plants as medicine with their best-selling Metabolism Super Powder. Made with organic raw cacao, it works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings, and reduce fatigue. I just got my first delivery this week, and it is truly like eating a rainbow. The meals are so colorful, and it's super yummy and healthy, and the delivery was really easy. And right now, Sakara is offering you listeners 20% off of your first order when you go to sakara.com slash S and S or enter code S and S at checkout. That's sakara.com slash S and S to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash S and S. Remember, the more you support our advertisers, the more it supports the podcast. So use these discount codes or give them to a friend for the holidays. Now, back to the episode. I don't know how to like properly segue this because I don't know if there like is a good segue, but I'm just thinking back to when we were talking about like the potentially free sex work that we're doing all day in our in our partnerships. <laughs> and um, you recently got married. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Um, something that Jave and I were, were talking a little bit about in, in preparing for this interview is um, how to maintain sex, desire, intimacy in a long-term relationship. So whether that be you've just been together for lots of years, you just moved in together, maybe you got married, maybe you're you know just life partners, whatever. The main thing that I see in my practice our couples coming to me being like, we've lost it. <laughs> it's It was there, now it's gone. And they're so uncomfortable and bummed and like just so sad. Um, let's talk about it. <laughs> um, I would love to, especially because I've been thinking about it so much. Like now being married, I'm like, are we ever, are like, are we going to get to that point in our life where we're like, Meh, it just doesn't, like it's the, the fire's gone, the flame's gone, it doesn't turn me on. Um, and I've been like, as soon as those thoughts come up, I'm like, no, that's not going to happen because you already like are aware of the potential of it. But also because I personally am like, I value talking about all of my feelings way too much that I would be like, if I ever felt like it was like falling off, I feel like I would address it in the, in the moment, you know? But I think for a lot of couples, it's that fear of like coming off as like attacking that they aren't satisfying you, which like, isn't what the conversation is trying to be, but I think that's how it's received by a lot of people. And that's why so many people are, are adverse to like having the conversation. Um, but I think it's all in the delivery. Like it's always all in the delivery. And so for me, I always suggest that people are just like, if you're not comfortable with actual having the verbal conversation of the con in the confrontation using action, like don't actually like bring it up in a conversation, like try and like rekindle something, whether that's like going back to like what your first date was and like recreating that or like doing just like something spontaneous and like romantic for just the two of y'all or something very sensual. But like also knowing that you don't have to immediately get to the point of like 
great, cool, we're having sex again to get to that point again. You can start off with just being like, we're reconnecting just like on a deeper emotional level. And like, I did something nice for my partner. I drew them a bath when they came home from work. I poured them a glass of wine. I gave them a back massage. But like knowing that it doesn't have to be like, we have to get into sex or else it's over. Like knowing that there's so many other pieces and that you can get the pleasure and intimacy and closeness of your relationship without having to go straight into the let's jump in the sack situation after you've not been in the sack for a while. Cause also individually we all go through so many changes and it's like, how if you were say you're like you've been in a long-term relationship y'all have gone through like having children together or you went through menopause and like the way you're connected with your body is not the same as it was before like that's a whole individual self-discovery that you have to go through to get back to a place where you can bring your partner into so like being gentle enough to take the time to be like okay wait i'm not feeling like i did when i was 26. Like I'm feeling like, I don't know what this body is. I don't know who she is. I don't know. So starting there and being like, cool, I'm gonna have a little self-love session by myself to figure out what it is that I enjoy. And I like, cause I'm, this is all feeling different to me. Um, which I think is where a lot of people, that's the other thing I I hear so much. It's like, Oh, I want to go back to the way things used to be. And it's like, well, who were you then? Like, I remember in one of our classes at Widener, they said in order to get back the same, like, hormones that the newness of a new relationship brings i think you'd have to sit and eat like 50 pounds of chocolate in one sitting or something like that i don't know maybe i'm misquoting it but i remember one of my teachers saying this and it's just to say that like that beginning part is so fueled by cocaine like hormones yeah that like I don't know if we're using like the rekindling the fire metaphor. It's like trying to restart a fire on logs that have already like charred out. It's like, no, let's go get more wood and put that new wood on here and see what it takes to like create a new one as opposed to like, why won't this old fucking haggard piece of wood relight? Seriously. Also, I'm like, I, I, so many people feel like they want to go back to the newness, but I'm like who you were at the newness, who your partner were, was at the newness it's not necessarily going to be as great. Like everyone thinks like, if you go back to what it was, it'll be as amazing as it was. I'm like, no, if you go on to something new, you have the potential to create something even better than what you had before. And I feel like it's just that you, it's that whole, like, you know what you had, you don't know what's going to come. So that fear of the unknown, but I'm like, it may be unknown, but you have so much more control over it. Like if you're like 10 years into your relationship and you're like, you know what? What I would really enjoy is for you to bring me flowers every Friday. That's what I want. Like, that's a new thing that, like, would make me feel so loved by you and in this relationship. You have that potential then to bring that into this newness instead of trying to go back to the oldness where it was like, cool, we occasionally went out for beers every other Friday on payday. Like, that may have been exciting then, but, like, you're at a different point in your life. Other things might bring you joy and happiness and make you feel loved, especially since... Your love language will change over time. What you're interested in sexually with your partner will change over time. So like paying attention to the changes and what you're actually craving instead of like assuming that it's going to stay the same and you want the same stuff always. And as a nostalgic person who like also is aware of all the stuff you're saying and does this for a living, I'm also like, yeah, I miss the newness. We all love the newness. Like, let's be real. Like when it all starts out, it's just like, oh my goodness, butterflies. Um, But I also like to, not but, and I like to like pull in that piece of like how there are different things of newness. Like for us, like me and Anton, my husband, like we had the newness of when we first started dating when I first moved to LA. And like, that was super new and like so exciting for me because I hadn't had like real dating like that. Like I had like in college dating, but that was completely different. 
And then we were together for a while. And I was like, well, this is like, that's eh, just like what it is. And then we got married and that was a whole new newness. So it's like new ways to get new newness that feels so, honestly, I feel like they're level ups. Like the newness of us being married um, definitely feels so much more climactic than the newness of when we first started dating. Because also when we first started dating, it was very much like I was still, honestly, if you would have seen me four years ago, you'd be like, who is this woman? Because she is not the Javay I know now. Like, I was so timid and quiet. Like Anton and me were talking about our first date and he was like, literally, you just like, like, I don't know. You're, I, I, obviously you're the same person, but like the person I met is so different from who you are now. And I'm like, yeah, I was just not getting to know you. Now I know you, you know me. And like, it's like so different. Um, but so being married, that newness was just like, it like felt like, just like that final like opening blossoming moment where I was like, oh wow, this is, oh, I like this new feeling. This feels even better than before. Um, especially because it had that little extra piece of security. Like, yeah, this mofo share a bank account with me. We good. <laughs> <laughs> so the newness of a, a different level of trust instead of like, is he going to fuck me over every time you chat? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not to assume that you, like, have kept it connected, because, I mean, I think there's different points we ebb and flow in that, but, like, if you have, what do you think are some ways that you have maintained that sexual connection together? Um, so we definitely haven't. It's definitely been an ebb and flow, and I think that the way we get back into the flow is by when I'm very much like a, okay, so this is what I need right now to, like, get connected, especially because like in the midst of a pandemic, we got married in the middle of a pandemic. Um, it was very much like there was always a good choice, <laughs> right? There was so many times where it was like, no, this just is not a thing that's going to happen for us. Like there's no sexual connection right now. Like I'm just too stressed. I'm going to cry all the time. Um, and so, okay. And just, I've said this before, but like listeners, listen, you're talking to like two sexuality professionals, scholars, like we struggle with it too. Like it takes continued effort and work to maintain this shit. So much effort. And for me, it's a, I'm one of those people that I'm just like, I bottle everything up. Um, and getting to a release literally only comes from me in a sexual way. And it's really difficult when I'm not feeling sexual to even get to that release. So it's like this, like really like, I'm like butting heads with myself. Um, and when like in the middle of the pandemic, that's when I, I realized I was like, no, you need a sexual release to like even come close to like getting working through these emotions. And I brought that to Anton and I was like, Hey, I like need to cry, but I can't cry. I need to have sex with you because until you fuck me, I need you to fuck me to the point that I emotionally just like let go. To like cry, and literally, <laughs> like whenever I need that, he's like, "All right, we can do this. We can do that." Um, so it's like truly being like honest in what it is sexually that you need and why you need it. Like there are moments where I'm like, I just want to feel like loved and caressed by you. Like let's make love. And there's moments where like I can't feel anything because I bottled it all up, help me let it all out. Um, and that's what the sex does. Um, so just actually being like, Hey, I need say, literally stating what I need. Um, but also checking myself. I am very much the type of person I'm like, but me, but me, but me. <laughs> and in a relationship, that's not always the best. Um, and when Anton's not feeling like I want to get down, like I have to recognize, like, cause granted, like there are times like, yes, my husband does reject me from sex and I had to bounce back and be like, it's not 
you're, it's not that he doesn't want you. It's that he doesn't want sex right now. That is okay. Um, so like checking my own emotions. That can be hard to accept sometimes, especially if you're like in a stress state and you're like, I just need to get fucked until I cry. And this person's like, no, I'm not going to give it to you. And you're like, what do you mean? (laughs) You're not going to save me from myself. Truly. And then it's always like, it becomes this thing. And I'm like, how dare you? Um, and then I like quickly, like come back to like normal state and I'm like, okay, you can take care of you. He is not there yet. And that's fine. And I'm usually literally by the next morning, he's like, Hey baby. And I'm like, Oh, Okay. Um, but like, just like understanding, like I have to, I am me, I control me and Anton is his own person. So I can't take that onto my own self. It's like, he doesn't want me. Oh my gosh, this is over. Like we're done. Like, no, it's a momentary thing because no one is 24 seven. Like, let's get down. Like understanding that like, we are never always going to match up perfectly and being okay with that is what I really had to learn. Like, it's okay. Cause like, I started out and I was like, oh, this is perfect. When we started out, we were like literally like so perfectly aligned sexually that it was like, isn't that how it often is? Right. (laughs) And I was like, this is great. And then when it started to like become uneven, I was like, oh my God, is this the end? Like, are we done? Like, is it not like what's happening? And then I quickly realized I was like, no, this is normal. Like one, there's a six year age difference between us. We're definitely at different points, but also like we are doing different things throughout our day. We're different people's like, it's not going to be that way. And that's okay. It just means that we have the fun of being able to schedule our playtimes together and like actually purposefully curating like those intimate moments with each other instead of it just always being like a go, go, go. It's like a, Hey, I'm going to craft this beautiful moment. Like I'm going to light all the candles. I'm going to turn on that Miguel playlist. I'm going to do all those things. And we're going to have a beautiful night together. Um, and sometimes it's like, we both end up realizing after we set all that up that we are tired and we're like, you know what? Just cuddling with you is what I needed. Not even like a good dick down, just the cuddles. Um, so like actually just recognizing like that it's going to take work. It will look different for everyone, but like, it's all going to be okay. If both of y'all are willing and able and like continuously trying to continue to do this, it'll get, it'll come back. It will come back. You just have to not give up and think that just because in this little funk that you're in right now, that's the end of it. Cause it ain't, I promise you it ain't. Um, the human body is an amazing thing and, and, um, skin hunger is so real. Like I promise you there'll be a day where they're like, you know what I need? You, you just gotta like, have some patience and like talk it out. <laughs> and uh, I love that. And for people who don't know what skin hunger is, it's basically like one's desire to connect in like skin to skin contact. And just like there's differences in like when you want to have sex and how often, usually our partners have a different level of skin hunger than we do. So you might be with someone who like does the obligatory like one minute cuddle after sex and that's like too much for them already. And they might be with someone who's like, I need to be touched all the time. So <laughs> that can uh, that can cause some issues. Um, and you may start out with someone and have the same level of skin hunger, but maybe it changes over time. Um, <clears throat> so the takeaways I'm hearing so far to keep it, keep it spicy is One, acknowledge that it's not always going to be like Mm -hmm. that, Um, that there will be ebbs and flows. Two, to um, get to a point where you can actually talk about this stuff with your partner and be able to like verbally very clearly say, this is what I'm needing from Mm -hmm. you. Um, Three, 
put a plan in place um, when your partner is not down at the same time that you are. Yes. So like in those moments where you have like wanted to get fucked until you cry and he's not there for you after maybe you come down from the disappointment. Um, what do you do to take care of yourself? Uh, that's when mama breaks out like the full toy chest. And it's like, we're going to have a full session. Um, and I'm not going to apologize <laughs> because they said no. So they got to hear the rumble and the vibration and the moans. Um, and depending on the mood, the so horn. like a little passive aggressive, but not really. Cause you're like, this is for me. <laughs> like, truly like, <laughs> thankfully we now have multiple bedrooms. So it's like, cool. I can go do this in another room. If I really want to like be nice to you. Um, but like yeah. we sleep in a cow King. Sometimes I don't want to get out of that bed. Um, but like having my own, <laughs> Like, fine you don't want it i'm just gonna do it right here <laughs> having my own like pleasure session with myself like taking care of me but also like finding getting that cry in some other way so maybe it's not a sexual release but like putting on like if i listen to um to zion by lauren hill like i will cry always no doubt with like always that song makes me cry so like going to something else that will give me that like water release that i need um I'm really getting a feel for all of your different playlists. We have the Sex Miguel playlist. We have the Lauren Hill crying playlist. So yeah, maybe another thing is making a playlist for different. Truly, um, honestly, like that's what gets me through. Like all of my different Spotify playlists is like, this is how I'm feeling. Cool, we're gonna put this on, and I come out on the other (laughs) side of it. Like I'm just like, you know what? That's exactly what I needed. Like yes, Um, but getting the cry. But that's tough because I think that takes some um, insight work and therapy work to do on yourself is to be able to name what is it that I'm actually needing in this moment. Like sometimes it is just baseline sexual release, but other times it may be like, Oh, I'm actually like needing to cry. I'm actually needing to feel connected with someone. I'm actually needing to not feel alone. And what are some other ways I could get that need? Yep. Which is also why it's great to have friends <laughs> because when it's like, he's like, I can't, I'm emotionally not capable of doing those things for you. I'm like, cool, great. I'm gonna call my mom. I'm gonna call my best friend and they will let me cry on the phone or they will give me what I need that moment. But knowing that like knowing the needs and other avenues you can go to get them met is extremely necessary, especially if you want your relationship to last long-term because you can't expect your one partner or of one partner to meet all of your needs. It's just like humanly not possible for one person to just always 24 seven be like your ears when you need them, a shoulder to cry on your personal gesture. Like it's just not humanly possible. So knowing that you can't put that onto your partner or partners um, to meet every single one of your needs is very important. Also, if you want to bring rekindle that love to know like, okay, well, Right now, they are not in a place that they can handle also listening to every wild idea that pops into my head. Um, So definitely keep that in mind, too. (laughs) I'm just imagining a scenario where you're calling one of your good friends and you're like, do you mind if I just masturbate on the phone and cry with you? (laughs) Honestly, okay. I granted with consent, with consent, I have masturbated with my friends in the room. Um, Yeah. Girl, you can always call me if you need to cry and masturbate. We'll do it together, yes. not, not even sexually. But yeah. I'm here for that. It's such a good it release. It is a good release. To know, like, you're not alone in this. Like, this is a moment. It's like, I'm not by myself. Other people also feel the same way I do. But also, like, it's just like, I don't know. There's something about, like, mutual masturb- masturbation to me that's just like, cool. We're both, like, owning, like, this moment together, but, like, separately. Like, to me, it's just, like, this powerful thing to, like, be so viscerally vulnerable and just, like, and sharing in an intimate moment, but not even, like, intimate and, like, 
physical contact, but just like intimate and like being vulnerable with somebody. To me, it's just like, I'm, I'm a big advocate for mutual masturbation, like across the board. Like if you got friends that are comfortable with it, like, yo, get intimate because it's okay. I want to share, I want to share a story with, with you and, and listeners. So, um, I, got introduced, um, on her 90th birthday, um, during her birthday party, I went to, um, Betty Dotson's 90th birthday. And if you don't know who Betty Dotson is, she recently passed away, but she's like an, an icon in, um, I think vulva pleasure. And she's about to have a, um, her art is about to be on display at the museum of sex in New York, but look her up. But basically, um, after going to that event, I met a lot of folks who like have worked with her and and trained with her and are friends with her. So now they have a group that meets like weekly, um, to do like, um, what they call erotic recess, which is basically like everyone masturbates together. Um, but this last session, she had just passed away, like, a week before and the person hosting the erotic recess is her like her mentee she's the one who's organized her like post life everything she has her ashes you know she like has done all the things and so just to give you a a cry masturbation example of like how like fucked up and great this stuff can get like the person leading this uh carlin had the ashes of betty dotson like next to her while we're all there's like 30 women on zoom masturbating together after we just talked about like betty dying and and she's like watching over us as everyone's like masturbating together on the fucking yes. video and it's like so supremely fucked up but like so uh so betty dodson um that like it was uh, it was just great so oh, i love that <laughs> yes it was why it was wild. I can definitely say I've never been interested in uh, in necrophilia, but that was probably the closest I've come to something something along those lines. Yes. Anyway, side note. <laughs> Back to this. Oh yeah. <laughs> Take a breath. Um. Okay, so other things to keep in mind for keeping it fresh. <laughs> um, the other thing you were saying a lot of was is effort. <laughs> so just like doing things for your partner, doing things for each other, not stopping trying. Yes, like it's, I feel like at a certain point we all just get so comfortable that we're like, I don't got to try no more. Like it's locked down. Like we got this. There's a routine. I'm like, there may be a routine, but spontaneity literally is just like, it is the cherry on top. It is the chef's kiss. It is salt bay. Like it is necessary. Like you got to have some spontaneity where you break out of that routine and you're like, you know what? I know normally on date nights, we just go to a movie, but tonight <laughs> we're going salsa dancing. Like you got to throw something in that's like, oh wow, this isn't like just this predictable type thing. Like this was new and exciting. Um, but also like that effort. It's so tough because sometimes that's the thing that feels great about a relationship is like, okay, I don't have to keep put like I'm tired I don't have to keep putting in all this effort but then that's also the thing that like makes the relationship go south seriously and it's not even like that you have to continuously do it like obviously like don't try and be spontaneous every other week but like just like every like a random month where you're like you know what we haven't done anything new or exciting with each other like 
be like, hey, come outside with me. I've set up a picnic in the backyard. Like not even like having to like go and do like this grandiose type thing, but just like something that was like, hey, I thought about you. I thought this would be super sweet if we did this together or if you got to experience this or if I gave this to you. Just like something that was like, I thought of you outside of like the normal context that I do. And I wanted to show you that you crossed my mind in whatever way, shape or form that was and that I love you and that you matter to me. Like something that just shows like, I took an extra two seconds of my day to make something nice, to do something nice, make something nice, give you something nice. Like that is that effort. And it doesn't, have, it, honestly, don't make it all the time because then it's not even as exciting if you're just repeatedly just being like, ah, surprise, I got your Tiffany's. Like what? No. Um, but like every once in a while, just a little something to be like, I thought of you and yeah. And I like, and you don't even got to spend money on it. Like I literally just drew Anton a bath because he works in construction. His body was, is sore by the end of a week. So I was like, Hey babe, I made you a bath, rolled you a joint. Okay. I didn't roll him a joint. I'm a liar. I brought him a joint <laughs> and then like lit some candles. <laughs> Whatever. Those pre-rolled ones are really well done. Okay. Him, Support your local <laughs> cannabis. Gave him some beers. Like I was like, here, take some time. Enjoy yourself. Like that you, I, I, I didn't have to spend money. It was, just, it was already his pre-roll y'all. <laughs> Um, but like, you know, you don't have to like break the bank to do it. You just have to think about them. Yeah. I would say that two things that I would add to my list, uh, or to this list that we're creating one would be, um, and I've talked about on the podcast before, but one would be like the spontaneous versus responsive desire. And so just to reiterate that for people is for folks in a long-term relationship, especially estrogen-driven people in a long-term relationship, um, you often don't have that spontaneous desire anymore, meaning you're not just like, oh, I want to fuck, like out of nowhere. Um, it usually comes after you notice your body being physically aroused where you're like, oh, my body's aroused. Like, I guess I do want to have sex. So not in a rapey way where you should force yourself to do sex that you don't want to do, but in a, like, in a way of like, okay, I remember that I like when we connect and how I feel afterwards. So maybe I'm not in the mood right now, but I'm willing to be open and see if I can get there and notice that desire after we start to maybe get together. Of course, you want to do that with a partner that you know has good consent where you can be like, you know, I'm still not there. Like we got to stop. Um, but more times than not, if I am finding myself being a little resistant to it at first, I'm kind of like, okay, let me just take a breath, breathe into my body sensations and be open to the idea of getting turned on. And more often than not, I end up like getting into it and I'm glad afterwards when we had some good yep. sex. The other thing I've noticed though, is like, I don't know if this happens for you, but in long-term relationships, I've noticed that I, my window of tolerance for being touched in ways that I don't like is small. oh definitely oh yes 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 <laughs> <laughs> like at the beginning at the beginning I'm like oh you can you know it's exciting I'm like you can touch me however you want I'm just happy to be here but now that I'm like so clear on what I like and how I want it I think it's harder sometimes to stay in the moment when I'm like no you're touching me in a way that I could be doing better and I want you to do it this very specific way <laughs> and it's hard not to um get carried away with that and get out of the yeah, moment. Yeah, it truly is. Like, I'm always like, hey, wait, no, okay, that happened for two seconds. Back to the good stuff, back to the good stuff, focus, focus. It's like a, a mental pep talk to be like, yeah. okay, it's done, cool. Back to what you enjoy, though. 
Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, with a gentle reminder of like, hey, I like this, or a gentle placement of the hand, or, a, you know, you want to be with somebody or practice being with somebody that they're going to receive that with gratitude yes. and be like, thank you for showing me what you liked instead of um, what my college boyfriend did, which was, um, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I'm sorry. No, no boyfriend in college ever knows what they're doing. And it's just facts. You don't. <laughs> uh, Javay, I love chatting with you. Is there anything else you want to add for, for our listeners um, that we didn't um, cover? I will just say if you're at, if you are someone who's like, I want to do some like spontaneous, cute little date thing. I do offer, I have this thing called pleasure RX. It's like consultations where I help you plan out the perfect date for you and your partner, or just you by yourself. If you want to self date, um, because I love date planning. Like if I could build that into my career, I would, um, I love planning dates. Can I pay you for one of those to auction to one of my listeners? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'll pay you for the session, but I'll use it as giveaway. a um both way to pro yeah, but as a yeah, giveaway. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yes. Okay. So tell yeah, tell me what that session looks like and everyone make sure you keep your eyes out yeah, for Yeah, so post. a pleasure RX session is a one-on-one hour-long consultation with me where we craft well, where I get to know you and your partner or you by yourself. And then I take what I learned from you and I craft the most perfect ideal date for you. And literally I give you everything. So if that's like you're making a meal, I will give you the shopping list. I will also give you coupons if I can find them to save you money. Cause I believe in making everything accessible. Um, <laughs> if it's like a camping trip i will find you the perfect most serene beautiful romantic location wherever you are trying to camp at like i will craft it specifically for you around you and your partner i ask those questions to, like get to the nitty-gritty to be like no i want i don't believe in ever giving gifts planning dates that don't speak to who the people are like if you ask anyone in my life they're like holy smokes javay like how did you know this gift is like perfect for me and i'm like yo when i say i listen I listen um so pleasure rx and it sounds like you're good at coming up with um Ones on the cheap, too, that are just Yeah, because your girl's always broke, so I always got a good, <laughs> cheap, affordable date option for you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so definitely head over to my website, javetabay.com, and book you a Pleasure RX session, or <laughs> enter this giveaway! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining on the podcast. Um, people, it sounds like, can find you at javetabay.com. Um, any other things you want to promote so people can uh, follow um, what you're doing? You can doing? follow me at Javeda Bay on Instagram for my personal and then Millennial Sexpert for my sex education one. Um, and then on Twitter and what's that other platform? YouTube. There we go. Um, you can also just search Javeda Bay because I do have a YouTube channel for sex education. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what other platforms are there? Um, okay, well, if you want to follow what I'm doing at Sluts and Scholars, I'm on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars. Definitely keep your eyes out for that giveaway. And if you are listening and uh, 
don't have money to support the podcast, um, please go leave a review anywhere you listen to your podcast. It is free. And uh, maybe that could be your date night. Be like, you know, it'd be so hot. Let's just go leave a review for our favorite podcast. Yes. Scholars. Um, <laughs> thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And um, I won't be releasing any new episodes uh, because I'm taking some time off for the holidays. But I will be back starting uh, February 2021. But in the meantime, feel free to uh, email and follow me on social media. Take care. In this episode, we talk about changing up routines in long-term relationships to stay sexually and erotically connected. Literally all three of our sponsors can be great for that. One way to do that is through Dipsy. And for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash S&S. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions that are designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. The stories are so well done and immersive, they're a perfect listen for solo or partnered play. They add new stories every week, and there's usually something for everyone, no matter your interest. They also have wellness sessions, so even if you're not feeling super sexual, you can get in tune with yourself and build intimacy with a partner. And again, for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash S&S. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash S-A-N-D-S. Dipsystories.com slash S&S. And while you're at it, use the intensity by Pour Moi. Pour Moi is offering our listeners an additional $25 off of intensity when you go to pourmoi.com and enter our code S&S at checkout. Intensity by Pour Moi is an intimate health and stimulation device. A lot of people might be tempted to call it a vibrator, but it's actually a lot more than that. Everyone loves to talk about the effects of vibration, but what makes intensity special is how it can tighten and tone your pelvic floor muscles. Intensity automatically automatically exercises the muscles of your pelvic floor for you. So muscle stimulation, along with the resistance of the inflatable probe that it has, offers more than just a squeeze. It's essentially an exercise program while you get off. And studies have demonstrated that tightened and toned pelvic floor muscles can increase the power and intensity of orgasms. Pormois is now offering our listeners an additional $25 off of intensity when you go to pormois.com and enter code S&S at checkout. You can use this code along with any other code on their website. That's $25 off on top of any ongoing promotions when you go to P-O-U-R-M-O-I.com and use promo code S&S. Okay, and after you finish with these sexy exercise pleasure sessions, you will probably be hungry. I am, and I've just been talking about them. Introducing Sakara. Sakara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Their organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful, plant-based ingredients, and they're designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. Along with delicious, plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. Experience the power of plants as medicine with their best-selling Metabolism Super Powder. Made with organic raw cacao, it works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings, and reduce fatigue. I just got my first delivery this week, and it is truly like eating a rainbow. The meals are so colorful, and it's super yummy and healthy, and the delivery was really easy. And right now, Sakara is offering you listeners 20% off of your first order when you go to sakara.com slash S and S. 
or enter code S&S at checkout. That's sakara.com slash S&S to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash S&S. Remember, the more you support our advertisers, the more it supports the podcast. So use these discount codes or give them to a friend for the holidays. Now, back to the episode. 